Josh Williams here, and welcome to the One Man Podcast, episode number 20 for Wednesday, September 27th, 2017. Welcome back, listeners, and welcome to the new listeners. Um, It's been a fun week, I think. I had a lot of fun this weekend. The weekend was definitely more eventful than the week was. Um, And I'm going to tell you guys about that. I got a new job. I uh, went to my friend Johnny and Jillian's wedding. I got to spend some time with Crystal. We watched something on Netflix. We binge watched an entire, uh, I guess, series, we call it, or, or a mini series. And, um, and then I did a weird talk show. I did a weird talk show. I'm going to tell you guys all about that stuff this week. Um, I'm still, I'm itchy. Oh my God, I'm itchy. I, I went a few days where I didn't take any antihistamines or anything like that. And I did okay. I felt about the same as I did when I'm on them. Well, today I'm in a bad way. I've got a horrible sinus headache. My, my throat hurts. It's itchy. My nose is itchy. So you might have to put up with a little bit of rubbing and and scratching and sneezing and stuff on this episode, but I'm here for you guys. I am recording this on Monday, the 25th, because I have a very busy week coming up, which I will tell you guys about shortly. But, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I had a good week. What can I say? Um, I had, um, last Thursday, I got a call from a friend of mine. We've been working on something for a while. And I think I'd mentioned on previous podcasts that I've got something in the works, but I don't want to jinx it by telling you guys about it before I get it. It is nothing, um, you know, spectacular, but I am going to be working again in a field, you know, again, I don't know how much I love this company yet. I've worked for their parent company before. (laughs) What a way to start. I'm I'm excited. I got a new job at a place that I'm like, yeah, I could take or leave. Um, I'm going to be working again uh, during the days in a, uh, both it's both retail and telecommunications. So um, I'm excited. And I'm at, but the the thing that makes it special, the thing that really warms it to my heart is the fact that I'll be working with a friend of mine who I worked with at Bell. Um, He's a good dude. Uh, very supportive of comedy comes to all the shows, big shows I do here in Ottawa. So I'm, I'm looking forward to working with him. He's the, uh, the manager of the place definitely wanted me as part of his team knew that I was maybe looking to do some stuff to fill in the holes during the day. So I'm going to be back working in a retail store, wearing a uniform during, uh, you know, a couple days a week. So I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be interesting and hopefully it'll, you know, have some new stories for you guys as the, the weeks and months go on. So the more I find out about that, the more, you know, the more I'll tell you, but basically it's, it's kind of exciting. It's going to lead to, uh, more discounts, more cash, more capital. I raise here, the more fun things I can do and tell you guys about on the podcast as well. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. You know, I'll, I'll tell you guys what it is once I've, I've worked my first shift there, you know, um, just for now. Like I said, I mean, the, I, I haven't signed anything. I haven't got enough. I've just got a phone call saying that I've been approved. So like I said, as it stands right now, it sounds like, um, everything's good, but just on airing on the shy of the caution. So, uh, I'll tell you guys more about that as it comes on Friday. I, I also actually went to visit, visit him too at the, the location. So we had some fun. We shot the shit. It's a good spot. It's a couple door down from a couple, a couple door down there from, uh, speaking like I'm from, uh, Quebec. It's a couple door down from a Starbucks that make me happy there because I drink like two, three Starbucks a day. So, you know, now, now that I don't have to drive to the Starbucks, I walk three doors down and I, uh, I get me the coffee, you know, and it, uh, it, tastes, uh, it tastes better than the Tim Horton and the uh, second cup. 
And uh, you know, that's uh, that be that. It's one of the reasons I like the new job uh, during the days. So um, <laughs> basically, um, a lot of umming, and I'm sorry. It's only because I haven't really. I'm I'm deciding on the fly how much I want to tell you guys about it. Basically, you know me. I want to be open with you. I want to be honest. I just don't want to go plugging a place, making them sound great, unless I know that uh, it's going to be good. You know. But well, I'll probably end up talking. But just like Uber, right? I said I drive Uber in the mornings. I was like, my ride sharing company. Well, there's fucking one in Ottawa, right? You know, you guys could you could figure it out if you tried. Well, there's lots of retail stores and there's lots of ones that sell telecommunications products. So this one sort of marries my my Bell and Telus days with my future shop days. So we'll we'll see how this goes. I am looking forward to it. I'd be lying to you guys if I said I wasn't. I'm just uh I'm just erring on the side of caution right now because with all my previous previous experiences, you know, I, I worked to tell us they sort of pushed me out on the back end with with stand up. They really didn't like it. They really tried to sabotage it. Um, so you know, and then I, I went to Bell, and Bell was really supportive at first, and then um, and then you know, I, I think I may have mentioned this before in the podcast, and I'll, I'll try to do a brief uh, thing if I haven't, you know, if I have, but uh, but just in case I haven't. Basically, they were great for a while. They were really excited to have me on the team. They they enjoyed bringing their, you know, my regional manager would bring his regional manager who'd bring his regional manager, like just up the ladder when I do shows in Toronto and other cities and things like that. They'd love to just bring stuff. And, hey, it's one of the guys on our team and da, da, da. And it was great. It was, it was amazing to feel loved and supported by the company for a while. And then as soon as I had other things in my life that were important to me, you know, and uh, a busy season would come along, you know, to ask for, uh, you know, to ask for a day off was like pulling teeth. So I was like, all right, this isn't going to go anywhere. Good. It's like a bad relationship, guys. The first time you see them get upset and they raise their hand, they may not have hit you, but how many, how many times before, before they start? You know, it's only going to go bad from there. I this is terrible. I'm sorry if you're in a relationship where someone hits you. <laughs> You know, can I get a day off? No, it's like the same as being beaten by the person I love. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I am so sorry. I really hope that's not happening to you. But if if you can take from what I'm saying is that, you know what, if you're in that kind of relationship, the idea is to get out. They don't, uh, they don't just change. It just gets worse from there. Um, so yeah, anyways, once I'm, once I'm good with this, uh, this job, I'll tell you more about it, but I am looking forward to it. I'm going to be working with a good friend, trying to get another friend of ours into the, uh, the door as well, but nothing confirmed on him yet, but it would be great to be working with a team of people who are, you know, they know what it is I do. They know what my passion is and, uh, you know, they want to help fill in the gaps. I can help them when I'm there. Like this thing when I was at bell, I, I, you know, lived and breathed it in the sense that I was their employee and I was there to do my job when I was there. Just don't fuck with my off time. You know, don't, uh, don't tell me what loves to pursue. Don't tell me what dreams to have and which ones to give up on. So I'm going to, I'm going to plow forward here, but, uh, but yeah, so that, that happened last week that, that call was made to effectively let me know that, uh, everything has been approved and gone through and, uh, I will be starting there in the not too distant future. Friday was, uh, was a great day. Johnny and Jillian got married. Uh, friends of mine, I've talked about Johnny's bachelor party a few episodes back. Well, Johnny has finally tied the knot with his lovely wife, Jillian. And uh, it was a great, great wedding. So here's here's the story of, of the wedding, because this one's going to, I'm going to go into a little bit. I had a great time with some great friends, a lot of 
lot of them listeners. So I'm hoping to give everybody credit for everything that we did, all the great conversations, all the nice visits and, and nice things that everyone had. So for starters, let's talk about the, 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 the ceremony and the bride and groom and the day itself. So crystal, my, my lovely, uh, my lovely lady, she was the photographer for the, for the wedding. And, um, so crystal had to get there. Uh, particularly early. She actually worked her regular job in the morning. They made her go in for like three or four hours. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you think on a day where you're like the wedding photographer, she even submitted and they were like, mm, you're gonna have to give us half a day. So I'm not, I'm not hating on her company, but I will, I will say dick move. I doubt anyone from her company listens, but you know, she's going to a wedding and, and not like you think like most people could get the day off if you're going to a wedding All right, you don't have to do anything. Like I'm gonna sit in a chair all day. And it's like, ah, but it's a wedding. It's one of those, what do they call them? Life events or, or life moments or something like that. I think actually, believe it or not, it's funny that they connect because I remember at bell, I was trying to submit, I think it was called a life event. They categorize them as like weddings, funerals, shit like that. So I was trying to block off a life event and they were like, no. Or they were saying that they yeah couldn't couldn't happen, but apparently like life events are allowable. You just get a certain amount of life event, you know, days or some shit. Anyways, either way, there's this 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 terminology called you know life event or something like that. Please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, guys. But um, this would would qualify as one. It's a wedding, right? And you'd think that if you were just going to a wedding, you'd get the whole day off, right? Especially with the notice. Well, they made her work half a day. So and and her work, she's up super early. So Crystal was up worked half a day at her other job, then like hot footed it across, like from one end of the city to the other. And I don't mean like in the city, we're talking like the, like the suburbs east of the city to the beyond outskirts of the West. All right. So it was a good trek from there. She goes home, gets her, gets her equipment, picks up her brother, Brad, who is an amazing assistant, uh, for, for her events, like, you know, photographer, not photography, weddings and things like that. He's an awesome assistant photographer himself. Uh, so picked him up, fly out there so they could do pictures at like two. So they're doing the pictures. Uh, I wasn't a part of it. Can't really comment on it too much. All I know is that that was her day. So, um, I had offered to go and help out. They really didn't need me. And I'd be there like four hours before the ceremony, which was like six. So as much as I'm like, I'll help. I didn't know what I would do to, to help. And I really would be standing around in an uncomfortable suit for a very long time. So I decided, okay, I'll meet you there. So they were there taking pictures, you know, the bride and groom pictures, doing all this stuff, um, working their asses off. I got there, I think about quarter after five for like what I thought was a 6 PM ceremony, I guess the ceremony was at six 30. I got there and, uh, and it was, it was a neat little place. It was a place called Aquatopia, which, um, how do I describe this? It was like a greenhouse. It was like a really big greenhouse. Um, what it looked like inside. So like the whole place on the outside was like all windows and stuff. It looked like, like I said, a really big greenhouse walk inside. And again, it was nice, a nice area. There was like, it looked like three different sections or something like that, or maybe two sections with a, t a ton of little tiny rooms. You know what it looked like on the inside is it looked like a museum exhibit that was getting ready to like put in dinosaurs or something. So they had all these like water and rock and plant thing areas that looked like they were going to like, you know, be the, the background for something that you're showcasing like a dinosaur or maybe an animal exhibit and then just no animals or anything like that. You know, I feel like, I feel like they, they set everything up and they're like, all right, when are the dinosaurs being delivered? And they're like, yeah, we ran out of money. So it's just going to be the plants and the rocks part. You guys think people would still show up and look at that, right? 
Um, what else can we do with it? Like, well, we could, we could rent it out for weddings, right? People would want to get married in a greenhouse. Um, I'm, I'm selling it short, but it was, it was, it was very nice on the inside. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, like I said, it was beautiful, but you're just like, it looks like, uh, the showcasing area for other things was just nothing else there. Just, just plant life and stuff. Um, I don't know. I like, it's the kind of, I would, I would. I would be like, yeah, let's have events here. This looks beautiful. I'm just trying, I'm trying to think of a fucking funny way to describe it. And I think I nailed it in terms of the whole, like, it looks like just an exhibit with, without missing the fucking exhibit itself. But it was, it was beautiful inside. Um, they had uh, open bar, which is great strategy for a wedding. That'll lure them in, right? It's a good way to good incentive. They had a, they had a great open bar part of the, uh, wedding where they were serving, uh, none other than summer's bee. That's right. They had the, the regular summer's bee, red rhubarb and blackberry available as well as, uh, the other, you know, parent company. They had the Cronenberg 1664 there. So it was definitely, uh, definitely promoing and suggesting to everyone to, uh, to try that stuff. Now that of course didn't happen until after the ceremony, but I was very happy to see that that's what they were serving. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, the, the place was beautiful on the inside. I'm not trying to sell it short. It's uh, It was very, very interesting to me. I think we got lots of pictures. If you guys check out the Instagram or something like that, um, I believe I might have a few pictures of, uh, of some of the people standing in front of some of the areas. Um, beautiful dance floor in the center. Um, yeah, it was, it was just cool to see people like, so for example, just some of the listeners um, and friends who were there. Mika was there with his lovely wife, uh, Mel. Uh, Jay was there with his lovely like, wife, Crystal. Jimmy was there with his lovely wife, Alex. And of course the babies were there. I'm going to give, uh, I'm going to poke Mika in the testicles verbally for just a second here. He showed up in flip flops and <laughs> shorts. Now to his credit, he put on a button up and a tie, very confusing attire overall though. Cause I spent 25 minutes trying to find a pair of pants that fit me with the whole tie and suit and all this bullshit, <clears throat> I had a horrible time. So I think part of me is uh, jealous that I didn't uh, phone it in, <laughs> that I actually spent the time fighting and struggling and swearing at my mirror while I was putting on pants. And then to, to know that I could have just worn shorts and sandals would have been outstanding. I think that would have been great. But uh, I was, I was bitching to crystal too. I go, are you kidding me? The only guy here, that would look great in a suit. And he wore fucking shorts and flip flops. Mika, you son of a fucking bitch. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was great to see everyone else showed up. So the babies were there. Um, who else did I see that I feel like I'm I'm leaving out here? Um, I mean, obviously Johnny and Jillian, but we had to wait to see them. So it was kind of cool. Just a little like, you know, area, like mingle area. There was so many nice little sort of like gazebo-esque uh, type and trellises. Like I said, it was, it was very nice for plants. Um, yeah, I think they called the, the, I guess that the part that keeps confusing me and slowing me down while I'm speaking is the fact they called it like the, is the Aquatopia Conservatory. So I don't know if some of the plants that I saw were, you know, like endangered or something like that, because it really did look like a lot of sort of creeping vine-esque type stuff. You know, like if you went in and it was like all these different plants that are crazy colorful and then, you know, stuff like that, I'd get it. I'd go, okay, fuck, this is stuff you're not seeing everywhere, but it looked like standard plant life. So I'm wondering if maybe this is some of this stuff is like things that are endangered in Canada or something. 
I mean, it would make sense to have a greenery place on the inside. Half of our shit is dead for the year while the snow's around. But uh, yeah, like I said, they were, it was absolutely beautiful inside. Um, we, uh, we had the wedding, right? That was great. Johnny and Jill tied the knot. They, uh, they left the exit song was, uh, green onions by Booker T and the MGs, which I thought was great since, uh, since Johnny and Jim brothers, good friends of mine, their dad, uh, passed away a few years back and, uh, was a huge fan of Booker T and the MGs. So it was a really cool way to honor him. Um, just sending some love out there guys. Hope not to share too much of your personal shit without your permission, but just know that I, I thought it was really cool and I got the significance. Johnny is a big, um, big baseball guy. I've talked about that before. And, uh, and a lot of his friends, it was funny when they started playing that, they go, yeah, great, great baseball song. And I, I kind of was like, I think that's more to do with their dad. And uh, I spoke to Johnny afterwards. He confirmed. So point me and the rest of your friends are fucking idiots. Um, <laughs> We had a, yeah, great service. We went back out. That's when they opened the bar up. So it was time to drink. Um, Crystal and Brad at this point. So keep in mind, like I'm, I showed up at six, Crystal and Brad and, and of course, Jim, uh, Jillian, Johnny and uh, Jillian's maid of honor was her brother. I don't remember his name. I think it was Graham or something like that. And I do apologize. Um, they were all there taking pictures since two o'clock and, and, and stuff like that. It was like, it was hot and there was bugs out. Um, again, with, you know, a lot of plant life and stuff that that's what'll happen. But, uh, yeah, they were, they were fucking troopers. And then again, throughout the wedding, Crystal's still taking pictures. Brad is still taking pictures. Obviously that's what they're there to do. But even as the night went on, you know, Crystal and Brad are still there working. So it was, it was, uh, odd to try to be like, Hey, you know, I, I obviously wasn't trying to distract her, but at the same time, kind of like, Hey, like, what can I get you? You know, you're still working. You want, you want a drink, you want, you know, get you some food, like what can you do? And they, I think they changed some of the times around a little bit. Just, just, I think everyone kind of wanted to, to get to the, just relaxing and stuff. So instead of having a big gap in the middle and then doing speeches and stuff afterwards, they sort of moved a lot of things forward. So, um, it was great. I mean, speeches were fun. Uh, dancing was fun. I made friends with the bartenders and the, <laughs> and the servers. I, uh, I started by telling them to put fucking tip cups out cause it was an open bar service. So I'm like, you guys get some tip cups out. Everyone can afford to throw a couple of bucks in for you guys. You're working hard and you know, no one has to pay for anything. So I think it's, it's good that you guys are taken care of the better you're taken care of, the more you'll take care of us, you know? And then I, uh, I hooked them up, uh, with some absolute comedy passes that made them happy. And, uh, from that point on, all the little server chicks who were coming out with hors d'oeuvres, uh, came to my table first, boom strategy, everybody, <laughs> you, you take care of the help. They take care of you. You know what I'm saying? We can be good to each other. doesn't cost you anything, but, uh, yeah, we, uh, we had a great, uh, a great time, you know, um, lots of dancing. We got chatting about the podcast, which was kind of cool. Um, you know, most of the, the invested listeners were at that table. You know, just talking about how it's kind of fun that we're all connecting. Um, it was cool to hear, you know, um, sh a little shout out to Chris there who was not there. Um, but, uh, you know, everyone was talking about how sort of you reached out to them since too, and it's helping people to, to connect, you know, it's cool that you guys are staying connected with me. It's cool that you're actually sort of reaching out to each other. Cause you know, there's friendships that, you know, people have had. So it's, it's neat that, uh, that's one of the byproducts of this. So in the spirit of a day of love and connection and all that fun stuff, we, uh, we were shooting the shit and everyone was just saying how, you know what they enjoy, 
they're enjoying this, me running my mouth, they're enjoying the whole part of, uh, you know, connecting with each other again too. just wrote the stories and the emails and all the shit that's going on. So, uh, that's really cool guys. I, uh, I, I enjoy that. We had that little chat and then we did some, you know, finally crystal and Brad were done with all of the, uh, event portions of the wedding. So again, like I'm not super familiar with all the things that are supposed to be part of the wedding. Obviously there's the ceremony, obviously there's the first dance and all that stuff. And those things were done, but um, once, uh, once the checklist and all the different photos and stuff were complete, my girlfriend who had been spending since what, like seven o'clock in the morning, fucking working, you know, somewhere around 10 o'clock, I think she was finally finished Been on her feet all day, running around dressed up and whatnot. I, I hats off to her for doing that. You know, obviously it was part of the job and, and Jillian and Johnny were super thrilled with the pictures. We saw a couple of just little sample ones posted. They were outstanding. Um, you know, again, hats off to you, to, uh, to Brad as well for, for spending all that time working. They did a great job. Everyone was very, very happy with it, but it was cool. Once she was done, so she could put her camera away and I could do some dancing and some drinking and some talking and stuff with my, with my girlfriend. You know, that was uh that was a fun part of the night too, because she's family and we're here at, you know, friends weddings. We want to, uh, want to do some mingling as well, but, uh. Yeah, all in all, what can I say? It was a great night. Um, you know, if I wasn't so close with Johnny and Jill, I wouldn't uh, poke fun at their at their greenhouse wedding. You know, I think I joked and said, I think this is where potheads would want to get married. <laughs> Not that it looked like a bunch of empty pizza boxes or anything. Just the idea that this is like this is where the plants grow, man. You know, like this is like it's like a nursery for baby weed plants, man. This is where they're supported and nurtured. Um, yeah, so good time. Thank you so much for the invitation. Thank you. Everything was lovely. It was great to see everyone's parents and stuff like that too. And, you know, extended family I haven't seen in a long time. And that was that. We uh, we drank. We had a good time. Danced with friends. And it was very cool too because uh, Crystal and I didn't have anything to do the next day, which is great. It's been a long time since the two of us could sleep in together and not have to rush off and do a day full of shit. I didn't have any shows Saturday night. So on Saturday, we just figured, okay, you know what? We're going to take it easy. Maybe watch something. And something um, that we decided to watch was American Vandal. I don't know if you guys have heard of this or seen the the trailers. Like I, I'm marketed towards it because it's comedy and that's what all my settings are on Netflix. But it's like, um, it's like making a murderer and serial. If you're familiar with those. Hmm. Sorry, the throat's getting a little dry. Um, it is uh, like a mini series. I believe there's eight episodes. I don't think that they're going to make a sequel or anything like that. There doesn't seem to be anything to do that with. But it's basically like making a murderer serial as in a, a crime happens and seemingly the person who did it is innocent. So, <laughs> but it's a comedy. It's fake. You know what I mean? It's not over, like it's not over, uh, exaggerated, you know, like that it doesn't, it, there's actually parts where you lose yourself in thinking like, oh shit. Oh yeah. That's no, this is all fucking fake. That none of this is real. It gets just so intense and so serious that you're like, fuck, I want to, I'm sitting there trying to solve the case myself going, yeah, but why would this? And I'm like, oh, but it's, it's written. It's fake, you know? So yeah, there's, it's not like, Hey, it doesn't make any sense. It's because they, this is a character that's being written. It's not actually a, a thing. But it's hilarious. The premise of it is that there is this high school class clown sort of kid. I believe his name was Dylan Maxwell. 
he um, is just a, a, a poor student. He is the model class clown pain in the ass stoner student. Well, one day the teachers go outside to their vehicles and someone has spray painted dicks all over the cars. 27 to be specific. And, uh, and he's like, everyone thinks it's me, you know, the, 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 the dicks, but it's not, you know, like, fuck you to whoever did it. <laughs> um, I, I, I really, it was a fun watch. It was definitely compelling and, and, you know, gripping. You just one episode to the next and wanted to keep watching. It wasn't like, well, you know, we're just, we agreed to watch this. So let's just spend eight hours watching. We, we took the time we watched. It was a lot of fun. It was funny. Um, very cool twists and stuff like that. Again, because it's, it's written and not, you know, a, a true events thing. But, um, I, I, I can't recommend it enough. If you're looking for something funny, something engaging, but funny and whatnot, it's called American Vandal. It's on Netflix. I don't want to spoil anything for anybody, but it's, it's very, it's the first, I got to tell you the first like 20 minutes almost look like too much. There's some jokes in it that are very childish. Um, and, uh, like seem like there, it's just going to be like dick joke after dick joke. I assure you, even I was like, Oh, it better not be that, you know? Um, I assure you it changes gears, uh, several times and very quickly, the humor doesn't stay all just penis related. So it's, uh, just, just, that's the only thing I could say that was, they, they, they all like, they got me up against the, the fence though. I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to keep watching this. Uh, it changed very quickly, but it just seemed like I said early on, I'm like, eh, it might just be stupid humor. It's uh, but it's quite good. There are some very, very funny moments, some funny lines. Cause again, your, your main victim is the, uh, you know, your, your protagonist is a guy who's a stoner pothead fucking idiot. Um, yeah, there's, I can't <laughs> just looking at some of the stuff in it. Yeah. You know, he's uh, like, he's like a YouTuber, like jackass where they pull pranks and stuff like that. So, um, you, you get a little bit of that, um, in the, in the, in the moments I'll stop and go, you know, when I was doing this video and like, what video is that? Is Oh, nun humping, uh, nun humping. Yeah. It's where we dress up like nuns and hump trees. Like <laughs> it's just stupid videos, um, of them doing ridiculous things and thinking it's hilarious. So that's your, that's your subject. But, um, yeah, take a look at that. We watched all of it. We, we did have a break on Saturday, um, midday. We went out to, uh, Crystal's dog Cooper is, uh, every now and again, when we go out of town and do something, there's a friend of hers who will, who will watch Cooper while we're, while we're away. Well, this woman, uh, loves the little guy. And so I had actually messaged Saturday morning saying like, Hey, if you guys are, you know, cool with it, I wouldn't mind taking Cooper for the day and maybe the night. And, you know, and so we were like, yeah, if you want to do that, sure. So we stepped out at one point to drop him off and decided that since it's been so long since we've actually had a day where we could go out and do whatever the hell we want, we decided to do exactly that. Um, we went to. I think chapters, it was just kind of cool. Like she's crystal recommended this book to me, uh, showed me hers when we were at the, uh, the little small town house, their dog watching last weekend. Well, I guess last weekend would be two weekends ago by now, by the time you guys listen to it. Um, so yeah, when we were at that small town place, she showed me hers, it's called wreck this journal. And so, uh, 
it was just, yeah, it's just a cool book where every page is something different you're supposed to do. So you take one page and you just get your hands messy and you wipe your fingers on, on the page. And that's just one page. The next one is like poke holes in this journal with a pencil in this page with a pencil. Right. And another one is take this book and throw it, you know, just cool little things like that. The whole idea is to wreck the book and, and to get you outside of the mentality that everything has to be perfect and pristine and unique. And it just gets your, your, your you know, something doing something actively, little brain processes. It's cool. And it's been, of course, widely received. So Crystal was like, yeah, I want to get one for you. So we went to chapters to take a look at it. And there's apparently a big series of these by the same author, different different kind of things that you do with the book. I'm sure some of you have already heard of this. I'm, I'm repeating things that some of you already know. But uh, we took a look at those. We looked around at a bunch of different things. Um, chapters is now full of board games. And believe it or not, several of the ones that, that Chris has already suggested and I played. So S Settlers of Catan is there. Pandemic was there. Um... What was that third one? Damn it. Codenames. That's the one. So Codenames was there. They even had some expansions for all of these games. And uh, one of the employees there had suggested one called What Do You Meme? And it's like cards against humanity only. It's like a picture that you see and then you have to sort of use your cards to describe it or whatever. So it's like, uh, you know, captioning a meme. So it was, uh, I don't know, like th there's lots of really cool things there. Crystal and I have talked about getting some of the games that we've been playing recently and having them for, uh, for the holiday season when our families are over, just some fun, engaging stuff to do. So we, we looked around at that. I'm trying to think of what else we saw in chapter. Like, like there, I love going to, to, to chapters and bookstores. Um, there's so many cool, there's just so much information. That's the thing too. I was, I'm, I'm big on learning. Sorry, my nose is so itchy. I'm big on learning. So anytime I get an opportunity to be around, uh, you know, books and subjects that I know nothing about. I'm, I'm always engaged. So we spent quite a bit of time there. Um, what else did we do? Yeah, it wasn't like just, we went to, went to a, a mall and basically, you know, in a strip mall and went to some of the different stores there, just peeked around, had to get some stuff for, uh, the kiddos in school, you know, take back some stuff. But, uh, overall, like it was great to just do it at our own pace. Cause we went to one of the stores, we could just look around and not like, Almost all the time, her and I both have somewhere to be. We've got so many obligations, so many things to do. Still quite often do, but it was just nice to have a day where we were together. We got to go get, you know, get a couple lattes, sip on those while we just strolled around and, and took a look and into some of the stuff that we were interested in. And it was nice. And we went home, we watched the rest of the Dick story. The who Dick done done it. You know what I mean? Um, that was Saturday. And then Sunday I did a show. It was so funny. I woke up in the morning, came home and, uh, and then I did, I did the usual thing. I took my mom to get some groceries, but I went to go see uh, a friend of mine who is like across the way from worked at a, works at a Mark's work warehouse across from, from Costco. And, uh, he, <laughs> he asked me, he goes, Hey, are you doing, uh, he goes, Hey, how are you doing anything new and exciting with you? And I go, well, I go, oh, oh yeah, you got that thing tonight with Chris. And I go, what thing? He goes, are you looking forward to like. Oh, forgive me guys. I'm going to replace it. It was because of the way he phrased it. He goes, Hey, are you looking forward to that thing tonight with Chris? And I go, I go, what thing are you talking? Like, and then I'm like, Oh fuck. I just remembered that now. Like as far as I was concerned on Sunday, I had nothing to do. So I'd planned a bunch of like personal, just, just paperwork shit that I had to do. And, uh, and I'm like, 
Oh, fuck. I just remembered that. I go, I'm really looking forward to it. I got to say, uh, really looking forward to the, uh, the thing with Chris. So what that was, so after I did the, I just spent the early part of Sunday doing the errands with, uh, with my mom. I like to take her out grocery shopping. You guys know it's pretty much everything I report every Sunday. Took her out grocery shopping, went to look and see what was new at Costco, did some grocery shopping. I actually bought a brain book or uh, something of the like. It was like brain puzzles and stuff like that. I got a lot of brain stuff on my shelves now. And the whole reason is I can't fucking remember anything. Case in point. Hey, you looking forward to that thing tonight? What thing? Oh, I'm like, I wouldn't have forgot. I wouldn't have not gone. I would have just been right in the middle of something, you know, maybe found a rhythm or a groove doing some work. And then my phone would go off and go, you have to do this in an hour. And then I'd fucking panic and go shower and jump and fly off and whatever. That's, that's me life. That's what I do. Um, so anyways, Sunday night went to do flatbed tonight was the name of the show. It's, uh, the idea is it's a talk show on the back of a flatbed truck, a big flatbed they drag behind it. And it was actually interesting because I thought they just put the shit up on top of the truck and maybe they drove something. This whole back of the truck, I, I got a, a thing on Instagram that I, I will post. It's Monday. I haven't posted it yet. Hopefully by the time you guys are listening to this on Wednesday, I have made sure that I posted that for you. But uh, flatbed tonight, they have got two chairs, a fern, and a, a desk with a with a chair for that desk. It's a talk show setup, and everything is screwed to the flatbed. Like they've actually had to do some pretty serious engineering to make sure that everything is secured. The chairs have seat belts in them, so that if if they happen to be driving while they're recording, the guests and hosts are actually strapped in so they don't go falling off this fucking thing. But uh, I I was really impressed by the setup. They had four cameras set up on this flatbed uh, and then a station for the producer. So basically he could sit behind the audio boards for the microphones. He could see the all four cameras, what they were recording. Um, it was a very cool setup. I, I will be honest, as I always have been with you guys, my interview with them, not incredible, only because it was so short and I, and I was really expecting the host to sort of lead me a little more. Um, not his fault. It was so, so incredibly hot out. We did it at seven 45, eight o'clock ish at, at night. It was still like plus 30 something downtown. And of course I'm dressed to be on a recording. He's dressed to be on a recording. So we were both just really hot. We were standing around for a while trying to get people ready. And the idea of the show too, is that they will ask passerby people who stop to look. It's like, Hey, look, if you have something interesting that you want to talk about, uh, we can interview you too. So. I think I did two different, like they did, they, we spoke for just a few minutes. They're like, okay, that's one that, oh shoot, we forgot to plug your podcast. Let's do another one. And they started asking me more questions. What sec? There's a nice big sneeze. Fuck you, ragweed. Um, ugh. So yeah, we did one and then he's like, oh, we forgot to plug your podcast. Let's, let's do another one. Starts talking to me again, asking me some questions. And then we're like, all right, well, that's it for the time that I'm like, fuck, I didn't plug the fucking podcast second time either. So. Uh, needless to say, I did enjoy the, the dynamic. I I'm very fascinated by techie stuff. Obviously I have to do my own shit when I'm doing the podcast. So I was, I was very fascinated to see the team, you know, he had, uh, his wife was, was drag, you know, driving the truck and getting people to fill out the release forms. He had, um, uh, the, the producer who was doing the camera and the sound. He had another young lady who was basically whiteboarding the information to him. So while he's interviewing the guest, she's holding up the different talking points so that, you know, he can just look at it and go, Oh, and I also understand that you're da, 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 da you know, and then ask the person the next question. So 
it was uh, it was interesting. It was it was fun. Like I said, my interview wasn't wasn't awful, but it's not anything that I would be like, oh yeah, you know, you guys got to see this. It was so funny and so much fun. Like it was average. I've done lots. I've done way worse interviews over my my time in stand up, but uh, I really enjoyed. It. I'm really excited to see what comes of it, how they edit it, um, when it when it's released. So I'll give you guys more information on that as I have it. But in the meantime, that was my week, guys. Got uh, got a new job at a place that I'll someday reveal. Went to go see two of my great friends get married at a beautiful place with my beautiful angel taking pictures and all my friends and, and close people there too. Having some drinks, you know, shooting the shit. Saturday, the lady and I watched some guy get, uh, you know, get accused of drawing dicks all over a bunch of cars. We got to spend some time looking at the, the Rectus Journal and that series at uh, Chapters. And of course, I did a show on the back of a flatbed on Sunday. That was my week, guys. Um, what was your week like? You know, I want to know contact at one man podcast.com. I'm really hoping that you'll tell me, you know, maybe, uh, maybe Jimmy, Mika, Jay, you know, Mel listens. Um, maybe you guys can tell me what you thought of the wedding. Send me an email. How did you enjoy that? Right. Was it different for you? How would you describe the place that we were at so that I don't sound like a complete asshole running this down? I thought it was beautiful. I just don't know how to describe it. It is an exhibitless exhibit center. <laughs> Oh, I feel like I have to blow my nose, guys. I have to feel, I feel like I have to blow my nose. I'm leaving it in too. You're going to have to listen to it. Oh, I don't know why everyone blowing their nose sounds like a fucking clown. Oh, yeah. What colors? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> There's no colors on it. <laughs> I'm just going to see if I can make like zero production sound disgusting. What? She's. Let's play what's in my Kleenex. All right. That's that was fucking gross. Um, what can I tell you guys now? Oh, well, you know what? When we got through this section, normally I have some, some talking points or something interesting about what I'm working on or what I'm watching. Well, I told you what I watched. I watched American Vandal. All of it. You know, not reading anything at the moment. Want to. Got lots of books. Just not sure which one to start. I haven't started the Dark Tower series yet. Um, you know, there's been a lot going on this last week. I have been trying to read more of the bathroom readers just to get ahead of you know, I uh, usually day of the podcast, like I said, I will read the article and figure it out. And I've got a great one for you guys this week. You know, just, I found it interesting. Actually, that's what I can tell you. Um, may as well segue right into that is that I, uh, one of the places that we went was Mark's work warehouse and they happen to have just for anyone in Canada, my listeners, um, Mark's work warehouse does in fact carry uncle John's bathroom readers and they carry them at a reduced price than some of the other places. If you're looking to get them online, where can you go? Well, I'll tell you my partners at portablepress.com is where you can find uncle John's bathroom readers. Of course they have the entire series available for you online to order and all sorts of other great books. Um, but I was there and I happened to pick up a couple great books. Um, I'm, I'm very pleased with, and one of the ones that I picked up was actually called robotica uncle John's robotica. Let's see if I can get you the full title mechanical marvels and mind melting machines of the past, present and future. And so that book is all about, um, all sorts of different types of robots and, you know, machines that are doing tasks for humans. There's all sorts of different articles in there. Um, everything from, you know, them trying to make like uh, robotic bees to maybe replace bees since we're fucking with bees too much. They had all sorts of different things about like, you know, uh, auto, you know, automaton. Um, I don't know if that's the right word, but uh, like, like automated boats and things like that, like an automatic, like the Mars Rover when they had one that was like, um, the Mars Rover, but like 
searching parts of the Arctic and things that are way too inhabitable, inhabitable for humans. I don't know if that's the right word. Yeah. Inhabitable, uninhabitable places for humans, but even like such weather so fucking bad that like you'll kill yourself if you go. So they got robots that are up there searching around doing shit. Um, all sorts of articles I read through this morning, way more to come, but the article that I decided to read for you guys this week is one called realistic robots again from Robotica, mechanical marvels and mind melting machines of the past, present and future. So this week, what do we have? It says realistic robots, Hiroshi Ishiguro is the director of the intelligent robotics library at Osaka university's graduate school of engineering science. There he's a, uh, there he spearheaded the development of hyper-realistic robots called Actroids. These more human than human androids may one day serve as everything from receptionists to baristas. The first Actroid debuted at the 2003 International Robot Exhibition in Tokyo named EVER1, so Ever1, and designed by a group of South Korean scientists, this early Actroid looked like a young Asian woman, had silicone skin, and could speak in both English and Korean. Ishiguro unveiled a sophisticated version named uh, Ripley Q1 Expo in 2005. This Actroid was even more realistic and was powered by 42 motors with her frame along with a hidden air compressor. Dressed in casual business attire and modeled after a popular Japanese newscaster, she could flutter her eyelashes, move her hands in a human-like manner, and creepiest of all, breathe. Soon thereafter, Ishiguro turned his attention to building another actroid, uh, Geminoid I-1, which could be mistaken for himself. Geminoid I-1 is pretty great at syncing up with his inventor's facial and body movements. The professor has admitted that he would love it if his department would allow Gemini, sorry, Geminoid high one to teach his classes while he remotely operates the actroid from the comfort of his living room. Uh, and then down at the bottom here, there's a little footer, which uh, says zero one zero 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 one one zero five terms. Roboticists have used to describe a potential robot uprising. The first is unintended evolution. Second is the Frankenstein complex. Third is cybernetic revolt. Fourth is technological singularity. And finally, number five is the Terminator problem, <laughs> which I'm sure we're all familiar with. So that was it guys. That was realistic robots from uncle John's bathroom reader, Robotica mechanical marvels and mind melting machines of the past, present or future. So as always guys at portablepress.com, you can find all sorts of uncle John's bathroom reader books. Um, I found this one, um, this week at Mark's work warehouse. So any, uh, Canadian locations of Mark's work warehouse should have some of the bathroom readers available to you. Um, so just a little, a little size of it if you want them, but you just can't wait. Uh, check that Avenue out, but as always, portablepress.com will have all of them. I picked up this Robotica one and I also found one called Beertopia, which is all sorts of like beer games and beer trivia and, and beer information and stuff like that. Drinking games. I should say beer games or beer games, drinking games, um, and fun shit like that. You guys know, you've heard me read them. You know that I'm bringing something good to the table with the uncle John stuff and, the and, and just pick something that's, that's, you know, up your alley. You know, what are you into? Well, we've got it here. I figured too, with all the sci-fi talk that we've been doing with last week's uh, reader, all those sci-fi novels that the, the robot one would be fun. And, uh, I hope you enjoyed that. There are some weird shit that they're doing with robots nowadays. 
You know, I was watching something this morning afterwards too that I posted. It was Facebook telling me, hey, remember a year ago when you posted this? I posted something about like the automated kitchen, which is like these two arms that were, you know, they used motion capture on some some crazy top chef or whatever, next best chef, you know, cooking like a king, whatever the fuck they call those shows. So they motion captured some some top chef and, uh, you know, and now it's like they're developing a, a, a product that's like two arms that come down and they fucking cook for you. Everything's put where it's supposed to be. They pick it up, they drop it in the fucking thing for you. They stir, they this, they that. It's um, it's interesting. I'd love to have it, but I've seen no, uh, I've seen no, nothing else on its evolution, excuse me, since that. That's the goddamn allergy medication making me yawn right now. But uh, yeah, so I don't know. I'm looking forward to an automated kitchen. The idea is that you could just like like a, like on iTunes, you just open up your tablet, your phone, or, or touch the, the screen in the kitchen, and you just choose what you want it to make. So I would imagine that if this is actually a thing, you know, uh, by the time it's finished, like you could be on your way home and go, I'm like 40 minutes from home, and you can tell it. Like it's not faster than, you know, uh, a, a human cooking. But they originally like planned it that way. They said, but there was something, it was something scary for human beings to see a hand like super fast chopping a, an onion, you know, maybe something unsettling about just seeing like, a, like a super speed chopping of an onion being done in your kitchen. So it was just like, uh, so they have it just chop, chopping onions, chopping this and that. You can check it out. If you Google robot kitchen or automatic, automatic, automated kitchen or some shit like that, you'll find what I'm talking about. It's just these two arms and then they fold up and go up into the cabinet. You know, when you're done, they put the dishes in the, in the counter, you know, there's like a dishwashing thing that just goes right into the counter, cleans up. But I would do that was, that would be fucking amazing. We get beyond, you know, where just kitchens are automated and I'm very sorry. Uh, <laughs> I've got something I'll read later on and I'll, I'll crack that joke then if I think of it. But, uh, I've got some friends who've got chefs, you know, that's their source of income. I hope the fucking robots aren't coming after your jobs. If they could teach a robot how to be funny. Or how to be stupid at the same time, like me, you know, be, be funny, but stupid. Um, I I'll be out of a job, but luckily my industry is, is just the goofy shit. Cause I don't think a robot can experience something and be like, man, wasn't that dumb. You guys get my robot humor, you know, or maybe there'll be robot comedy clubs to make all these robots that are doing everybody else's job. They go and they laugh and they relate to each other, sit there and what's the deal with these fucking assholes sticking USBs and trying to change our programming every five days. Huh? I don't know. See, I'm, that's why I wouldn't be at that club. I don't, I don't get their struggles, but, uh, yeah, that'd be interesting. And then people are, ah, what's the deal with these fucking robots? You start yelling at each other. You know, when robots go too far, we'll stop bitching and complaining about human jokes. We'll start complaining about what the robots are saying. And then that's when they'll revoke. That would be fucking hilarious to me. Actually, just the idea, like that's, that's when the robots revolt because of the fucking social justice warriors. And they're not taking it. They don't give a fuck. They don't have feelings. They don't give a shit if they hurt yours. Um, this robot told a joke about, um, downloading my personal files. You know, we want that, that robot comedy club shut down. Oh, fuck. That would be funny. I would love to just see the, <laughs> that's what causes the end of the world. The robots who don't give a shit about social justice, just going, uh, you shut that twat up or we're going to fucking kill you. We're already in your house. We make your fucking food. Can you imagine that like three generations of food making you know, robots, just people just don't even know how to fucking cook anymore. They go, I don't know. You just push the button on here. I go to the store. I buy it. Like, how funny would that be? Your robot just gives you a list of shit. Just pick this up. I need you to, to pick this up to make, so I can make dinner tonight. And then you forget 
You get in a big domestic dispute with your robot cook because you didn't fucking buy it when it needed from the grocery store. So you're mad at it. You tell it to cook, but you, did, but you didn't get this. Well, I'm fucking, I'm hungry. I wonder what happens if you tell it to click on the button. It's like, yeah, out of stock. It raises a lot more questions than answers, guys. And that's why you need a book like Robotica so you can read what we're working on. But I would love that. I'd love the automated kitchen and I would make sure that the pantry is when I would give it what it needs. You always just keep that fridge full. Keep my belly full. I'll keep your fridge full. It's a fair deal. Never have to cook. I have nice five-star meals every night. Never have to lift a fucking finger. Dishes wash themselves afterwards. Right? Somebody cooks it for you, monitors. It still takes the same amount of time, but I'm fine with that. I can do something else. I don't have to monitor it. We got lefty and righty are fucking working away on them. Anyways, I might have to post something on Facebook or whatever and be like, hey, this is what I was fucking talking about, guys. Yeah, maybe maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll do that. Tell me if you guys want to hear that, guys, or, or see it, you know? Just be like, yeah, I'd love to, uh, to know what you're talking about. Show me the video. Anyways, um, yeah, who do we have next? Oh, we have Absolute Comedy, guys. Let's play their ad. Absolute Comedy is the best live stand-up comedy from across North America with locations in Kingston, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. These comedians have been featured on Just for Laughs, Netflix, Comedy Central, CBC's The Debaters, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Conan, The Comedy Network, and much, much more. Go to absolutecomedy.ca to see this week's lineup. Planning a night out is easy with dinner and show packages available at all locations. Live comedy is a great choice if you're organizing a celebration, fundraiser, company outing, or corporate event. Want the show brought to you? They'll send comedians to your venue with performances tailored to your event, creating a night of laughs your guests will love and won't soon forget. So for showtimes, ticket prices, gift certificates, special shows, and more, head to absolutecomedy.ca. Again, that's absolutecomedy.ca for the best live stand-up comedy from across North America. Yeah, and as mentioned at the wedding, we were all drinking my next sponsor's product, which was Summer's Bee. And man, did we ever enjoy it, guys, and you can too. The sun gives life to the orchard. The orchard gives life to the apple. The apple gives life to Summersby. Summersby is a delicious sweet taste of sunshine imported across the ocean all the way from Denmark. The people in Denmark are smarter, and so are you if you drink Summersby. <laughs> With flavors like apple, blackberry, pear, elderflower lime, red rhubarb, and a taste as regal as this fake accent, there's something for everyone to enjoy. And now you can try them all in the Summersby Mixer Pack, available wherever fine beverages are sold. So go on and try for yourself the crisp, refreshing taste of Summersby. <sighs> Your taste buds deserve it. Please drink resplendently. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Summer's Bee was good. It's funny, too, because some of the people there have tried some flavors and not others. And it gets you drunk. Oh, man, that's the good. <laughs> Why didn't I put that in the ad? Summer's Bee. It's delicious, and it gets you drunk. Um, Yeah, thoroughly enjoyed that, guys. So this week, what do I have coming up? Oh, I'm recording today, Monday, as I mentioned before. The reason being is that I am doing six days straight of PlayStation VR, uh, I guess, demos. You know, we're going to be at the Rideau Center here in Ottawa, Ontario, and I will be working with a team of people who are just getting people to try on PlayStation VR, right? Virtual reality, 
and uh, and have fun. So I'm I'm working like full days, early morning, late night, all through the week. So I will have zero time to do uh, this podcast tomorrow. I usually do it on Tuesday. I have no time. I'm going to be seven thirty in the morning there till like nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. So I'm really looking forward to that. If you're in the Ottawa area and you want to check out the busiest, hardest to get to mall for parking and construction and all that, then by all means, come down and see me at the Rideau Center with the Sony PlayStation VR exhibit, booth, demo, whatever you want to call it. I'm looking forward to it, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun. I get to work with my buddy Dave. He's uh, They were looking for some extra people to help out. I suggested him. He got in. So we are going to go do... Uh, video game stuff all week. And then, uh, and then the like Monday of next week, I start my new job. So I'm, I'm Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at PlayStation. And then on Monday, I start day one of that new job. So I, that's what I'll have to talk with you guys about next week. Next episode, I'll be telling you all how that went, you know, or I get fired one or two days in at the PlayStation thing. And then I find a, another thing to fill my week with. <laughs> But I'm looking forward to it. And as always, guys, it's time to read the emails. Emails can be sent to contact at onemanpodcast.com. So as I've said already, um, send in what's going on with you guys. You know, send me some of your would you rathers, right? We did those in the last episode. If anyone still has any bucket list stuff or any kind of hypotheticals, anything fun at all to engage. I say this every time, but I love it guys. This is my favorite part of the show where I get an opportunity to see what's going on with you. And maybe have you asked me some questions. Um, so the first, uh, first one on the email this week actually comes from Vanessa. It says, Hey Josh, there were a number of items to comment on this week. So I figured I'd pull them together and drop you a line. Sorry. This is a long one. I don't think it's that long. I've had longer. Um, I did get to see it this weekend and both John and I loved it. I'm glad you guys enjoyed. Uh, I have not read the book or seen the original, so I don't know the story, but I definitely loved the portrayal of Pennywise by Bill Skarsgård. The story is great and the kid actors were perfect. Looking forward to part two. Yeah. Um, in the original miniseries, the part with the kids was better. So I hope they really um, expand that in the, uh, in the sequel. You know, I mean, not, not expand. Obviously the fucking kids are, are, are adults in the second portion of the story. But I just, I, I really hope that the sec, like the actors for the adults and everything are not as shitty as the ones that were in the miniseries. Cause they really fucking sucked. Even John Ritter, man, John Ritter was a good actor, but he fucking sucked. Like the kids were carrying that first miniseries. So regardless, um, yes, it was, I, I still, still enjoy it. Like I said, I mean, I've seen it three times for fuck's sakes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's not normally, I don't normally see a movie that much, but I thought it was good. You're going to see a lot of Pennywises running around this Halloween. That's for sure. Uh, now on to the would you rathers. I definitely want to talk with animals because people suck. Yep. No argument there. Um, I would definitely rather be a doctor to a lawyer. Although all my knowledge of these careers comes from movies. I agree that I would prefer to make a positive impact on the world. It's one of the main reasons I finally became a software developer. I know it sounds silly, but I honestly was like in a Star Trek like world, where would I fit in as a salesperson? My former career, I would be a Ferengi. No, thanks. I need that red, blue, gold shirt, please. Yeah. The Ferengi are, uh, definitely the capitalists of space. Give me one second, guys. Oh, fucking nose dripping. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> That's the worst part of the, the allergy season. Like I hate the, the itchy and everything, but just 
You know, you always have to be within arm's length of Kleenex or something like that, just because your body sucks. Um, I would rather catch my significant other cheating because then they can't hold that over my head for the rest of my life. Yeah, I think that was the one I'm, I'd rather catch them. Yeah, I like I like our motives though. Yours is because you don't want them to be able to hold it over you for the rest of your life. Like you would give a fuck if, you know, like like you cheated on someone. They're like, you cheated on me. Be like, ah, get over it. Which is a dick move, but I'm saying eventually you can't have someone like somebody you're already disrespected enough to cheat on, like them holding it over your head is going to make things worse. I guess women really don't like to have shit when you have dirt on them. eh? that's why they, they distance themselves from stuff. Now I just don't want them to be able to hold it over me. Well, fucking relax. You want to go to this restaurant? No, I'm not telling you. Cause if I do and it sucks, then you'll have that to hold over me. No, fuck. I'll move on. You know, sometimes I pick bad shit. No, not giving you a reason. Um, I'm just kidding. They would never be that upfront and honest about why. <laughs> why am I being a dick? I'm, I'm just kidding. Ladies, I love you. I can't live without you. Um, <laughs> yeah, my reasoning was just, I wouldn't want to hurt them. The whole idea of you cheat on somebody love, you know, it's just a horrible, horrible thing to have to look them in the eyes. Be like, I fucking cheated on you. I care. I care about you. I think a lot of the, I think a lot of the cheating, ah, fuck. Yeah. That's a smart path to go down. Josh, you describe why you think people cheat. Like I have a fucking, well, you know what? I opened my mouth, so I may as well. I think, I don't know. I think people, they don't cheat because they fucking hate their spouse. You know, there's times where people are vindictive, I guess they're mad at them. So like, I'm not want to hurt you. And that's a weird thing that we do to people we love. We get mad and then we're like, how can I, I want to hurt you right now. It's kind of a fucked up thing. You know, we get upset, right? I don't know. I don't get cheat. I don't get cheating personally. You know, I, I just, uh, it just seems like, like, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I've never, I mean, I've never been even comfortable with that subject just to, just to talk about, because I'm just like the amount, I feel like you can't just fucking cheat. Like it's super easy or whatever. Like there has to be thought involved in cheating. Do you know what I mean? And I mean, like, because I'm so fucking heady and anxious, my head goes in circles. I would, I would, I would constantly be face to face with the whole like, okay, but yeah, but you put your partner, but your partner and how do you dismiss their feelings over and over and over again? Like what kind of fucking, I don't know. See, like, that's what I'm saying. Like I, I, I know tons of people cheat, which sucks. So it's not like a sociopathic thing. It's just one of those, like, I just, why would you do that to somebody that you care about? And forget the getting caught part. I got like, I'm, I'm totally not even paying attention to getting caught. I'm, I'm talking about the whole idea. Like, how could you cheat? Forget like, oh, you get caught. So now you have to fucking own it. I'm talking about the whole, like, like, I think that the getting caught part is like the liberating part. You know, that's the part where you don't have to fucking pretend anymore. You know, I think it's the part that like, if you cheat and you're walking around, your partner doesn't know, like to me that, that feels like a living hell. It's just, you're looking at somebody you care about and you're just like, fuck, you don't know what I did to you. I did this. I know it, but you don't know. Look at you walking around like a fucking chump, you know? And that's the thing is like in, without any fault of their own, you've made somebody that you care about like a fucking chump. That's, I don't know. I don't know what the, what, like I said, I opened my mouth and I'm like, oh fuck, what are you going to talk about, Josh? What are you going to say? And I really, and even that probably doesn't make sense, but I'm just like, that's the part, that's the part that I go, I could never cheat because I could never make somebody I care about like a fucking chump. Like they're walking around day in, day out thinking that everything's good. And it's like, no, you have no idea. 
well, I fucked you over and you, you're just walking around like a fucking idiot, you know, and it's not even their fault, right? It's because they trust you and you're like, ah, so that's why I say like the, the, the cheating part, you know, the getting caught cheating, that's the liberation of it. You know, now, now I'm out off the fucking hook. Not off the hook. That sounds, that's ridiculous. Not off the hook, but like now it's out in the open. Like I don't have to look at you. Like at least now we're equal again. We will have the same information. And I'm sure I'm even misrepresenting what I mean on that. Hey, Red, I'm sorry that I'm not even fucking, you're, you're one sentence here. I would rather catch my significant other cheating because then they can't hold that over my head the rest of my life. I, and I get it. You're just playing too. Just, I don't know. I don't know why I decided to, to talk at length about cheating, but, and no, I'm not getting anything off my fucking chest. I'm a good boy. I love my lady. She means the world to me. That's why, like, that's why I said the the idea of of treating someone that you care about like they're a fucking chump and and having a secret from them of that magnitude, right? Anyways, uh, hopefully this next one is fucking funny. Um, I agree. I agree that the kill one baby over a hundred puppies is the way to go. Oh, here we go. Let's make some other people upset. I think I talked to. Uh, Alex, Jimmy's wife about this one. And she's like, no, a baby, the puppies. I'm like, you used to be a fucking dog lover before you had one of these little rug rats, you know, I'm not saying I go, I go, Alex, I would kill your baby for a hundred puppies. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Of course. I just like seeing the upset in people's face. Uh, so I'm back. Sorry. Vanessa back to yours. I agree that that the uh, kill one baby over a hundred puppies is the way to go. Any life is like one-to-one ratio animal or human. If the question was one baby or one puppy, that would be harder. And I certainly agree. Cockroaches on the other hand, they can fucking die. Okay. Actually PSA, which I believe stands for public service announcement, only 14% of all charitable givings go towards animals and the environment, which is really sad. So we give 86% of our giving to human issues. But if we didn't have our environment, it would be a moot point because we would, uh, cause no one would survive. Seems so backwards to me. And I, I definitely agree with you. I think it's fucking horseshit and, and stupid. I just, human beings are fucking selfish. Oh, what about us and our diseases and all this stuff? Like, yeah, we're garbage. Like, like, okay, I, I'm going to, I'm going to share some stuff with you guys. I was really thinking this would be a shorter podcast just cause I don't have a whole lot to say this week, but I guess I fucking do. Um, for starters, I feel like when we start dying off and we start getting sicknesses and stuff like that, that is nature trying to keep our numbers in check because we're sort of apex predators in the grand scheme of things in the sense there's not really a whole lot that, you know, hunts and eats us. There is, but they never get access to us because we're fucking, we're weaponized and everything like that. Like we really are, you know, top of the food chain. In a manner of speaking, you know, put you in a pen with a, with a bunch of gorillas or bears or tigers and you'll, uh, you'll see that change very quickly. And it's a theory being the top of the food chain, but I digress when, uh, yeah, we're, we're getting killed off by disease and stuff like that. Cause mother nature's trying to keep us in check. Um, I had a friend who said to me, and I don't, I don't know. Uh, I think it's a good theory. Let's put it that way. I'm trying not to lump myself in and get myself in trouble. But my gay friend said to me that he believes homosexuality is, uh, you know, mother nature intervening. And of course I asked for clarification and he's just like, well, when, when, you know, you're born like, and that supports the whole born gay. He's not saying it's, it's something you adapt It's not like mother nature whispers in your ear to fucking change your sexuality. Like weird ass trees and M night Shyamalan's the happening. Just, just be gay. You over there lay down in front of that lawnmower. You over there suck that other guy's cock. <laughs> I don't think it happens like that. 
But what he's suggesting is just the genetics and everything like that is that, that there's this homosexuality and, and things like that um, exist because of a population control. It's a genetic form of population control, like too many fucking people. We need a way to slow this down. And I thought it was very interesting. Um, maybe some truth to it. Again, I'm not a fucking biologist or geneticist or anything like that, but I do agree that there's too many fucking people on the planet and we need to get our numbers in check. You know, so like I said, the whole idea that we're so fucking important, I really don't, don't think that at all. And, uh, and I do think it's sad that, that people don't give to animal or, or, or environmental charities. Now, mind you, a lot of the fucking spokespeople of animal environmental ones are not the most accessible, you know, PETA's fucking ridiculous. And, uh, and just, I, I can't a, even think of an environmental, like we're talking, we're not talking animals. I'm talking about strictly environment. You know, I can't even think of one off the top of my head. And then when you see these people with the fucking, the dirty dreads chained up to trees, I'm like, I don't know that I could get behind that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm like, can you write a speech? You know, you handcuffing yourself to a tree. I'm like, if you had, if you had time to, to make those beads you're wearing, you got time to draft up a, a fucking argument. But anyways, so that's what I'm saying. I think the wrong people are in charge of these, uh, these charities, you know, let's get the, uh, the animal and the environment people a little more accessible, like the human ones. Um, do, 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 do as for the chef or chauffeur, if you ever decide to hire that five-star chef, my husband is available for hire. Well, I would love to hire him, but as it sounds, I might be able to hire myself a pair of arms that fold up into the cabinet and make my meals for me which sounds very interesting to me. <laughs> I was going to mention that earlier say, I don't know. What does John think about, uh, about being replaced by, uh, by a Roomba or whatever the kitchen equivalent is the chopper <laughs> like Schwartz and I could get to the chopper. He needs more kale. Um, yeah, I don't know. I I'd love to, uh, a have enough money to hire John to cook for me. Um, I'm sure it'd be very expensive to relocate your entire family to, <laughs> my my city so that you guys can cook my meals for me um but i would be interested to see what what chefs feel especially since like is that one chef who let this thing motion capture him is he like a fucking scab do you know what i mean like is he like that magician valentino who revealed all the mad magician's tricks basically got the whole, got everyone fucked it over for everybody else is this cocksucker teaching the machines how to replace them you know, I don't remember what chef it was. If we find the video, I'll, I'll post it and then you guys can send him hate mail. But, uh, as it stands, I, I think if I, if I wait it out, I won't have to, uh, hire a five-star chef. I'll just have the, the cabinet arms do it for me. Uh, the family issues you have, I totally get. It's the reason I'm not too focused about having another kid. People tell me, oh, but he needs a sibling. Well, having a sibling is no guarantee of friendship. Actually, it's worse because, uh, you are forced to like this person you may or may not like. Love that I'm getting a chance to reconnect with you, my friend, and hopefully we will hang out again soon. I hope so too. Um, as for sci-fi novels, I actually recently took a sci-fi class at Western University as part of my comp sci degree. Um, comprehensive sciences? Is that what comp sci is? And here are some I can recommend. For the sake of time, I will just list them and you can look them up. Um, I've attached pics of the books so you can insta that shit, and I have. That I've already done for sure. The Left Hand of Darkness by Ursula Le Guin. Uh, Forever Peace by Joe Halderman, Haldeman, sorry, and Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. That one is uh, that one I know of. <laughs> 
If you read it, it's a great book. Some argue it was the first sci-fi novel ever. And by the way, I want your Darkness Tower series. I think you mean the Dark Tower. <laughs> but you, I want your Darkness Tower series to read. I'm reading Under the Dome right now. Peace out, Girl Scout, you write. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I'm, I'm, I dig the suggestions. I appreciate that. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is one I would love to read. It's a classic. Um, and you said these other two, The Left Hand of Darkness and Forever Peace. Neither of those looked sci-fi from the covers that you sent. Um, and I didn't get synopsis or anything like that. So again, for anyone who's interested, the left hand of darkness forever peace and Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Um, if you're interested in reading those, take a look, look them up, see what you can find on them. I'm going to try to get that, uh, the, those kitchen arms, find that and, and put that onto Facebook and what's the other one there? Twitter. Cause Twitter and Instagram or Twitter and Facebook, I can put videos. I don't know if I can put, uh, you know, a minute and a half long video on Instagram. So as always, I will say this, you guys go to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and you can, you know, follow us, like us, and then you'll have access to these things that I post. So you can be even more in depth with the visuals associated with the one man podcast. Um, you know, red, I appreciate you sending me in the email. Thank you so much. Um, sorry that I took two of your simple little throwaway lines and ran off on tangents on them. And I'm sorry for anyone else to listen. I'm sorry for any cheaters out there who I may have put heaping helpings of guilt on your souls. I really, uh. You know, I'm sorry for hurting you and you should be sorry for hurting the person you love. Oh, fuck's sakes. I don't know what the hell's wrong with me today, guys. I'm on, I'm on allergy medication, right? I'll just blame the medication like a lot of other people do, right? Like the way the cheaters blame the booze. It was, uh, I was drunk. I was blackout drunk. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know, but you put a condom on. You had the time to open the condom, put the condom. Well, I want to get a disease. Well, you could consider that you gave me a disease. Lack of trust, ascitis. Um, anyways, that's me running my mouth for another week. <laughs> Thank you, as always, guys, for listening to the One Man Podcast. Like I said, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Check us out on those platforms. I look forward to uh, spending the time as the PlayStation monkey this week. And uh, I'll tell you guys about that next week. Uh, again, congratulations to Jill and Johnny. Uh, hopefully a happy life together. And uh, I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening.